It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot Casino. Let the spinning wheel go round and the night go on. Moments you'll never forget. You're always going to have fun. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. A couple days of racing this weekend. Live racing at Emerald Downs. It'll be days number 9 and 10 of the 2023 season. First race, 2 p.m. each day. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and track announcer Bill Downs here in the Emerald Downs studio. Fellas, good afternoon. Hello, hello. Yeah. Good to have us together again as we usually go on Thursday, but Friday this week. And speaking of Fridays, we're going to start racing on Friday next week, June 9th. It's our first Fab Friday. And those with paid admissions get the Emerald Downs t-shirt. So you get some clothing. What color is it this year? You know, I haven't seen it yet. I suggested uh, blue and white blocks, you know, in honor of Secretariat. But, you know, I don't think that that didn't happen. But we're getting them in next week. We're going to have them, folks. We're going to have the t-shirt. So if you come in next Friday... Uh, you'll get your T-shirt with your paid admission, and then that T-shirt's good for free admission on all subsequent Fridays at Emerald Downs in 2023. Fab Friday, first race, 7 p.m. on June 9th. And then also next weekend, uh, Dancing at the Downs. We've got a Pat Benatar tribute band. You know, she she was hot there in the 80s. Oh, yeah. How many... How many hits did she have? Not you know? that many. Well, maybe four or five. Maybe, or maybe six or seven. Four or five Best really shot, big yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I yeah. not enough for a tribute band, but maybe so. I don't know. Well, you know, I bet you she's got a lot of fans over the sure. years. So uh, music starts at 8 o'clock. Well, the leather pants will be out. Uh, yeah. Because I know the, the, the people that attend get into it, so... They do. They get into the theme. Yeah, we had a little, like last, uh, I already forgot the name from last. uh, Prom date mixtape. That's Uh, prom date mixtape. And uh, they were kind of an 80s, you know, you think of your uh, MTV type of stuff. A lot of that from the 80s. And they were pretty good. And then they had a Motley Crue one. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting crowd. The hair. And, uh, but Pat Benatar, she was more early 80s, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, But we're going to do it. It's uh, Saturday, June 10th, after racing, and music starts at 8 p.m. Live music at Emerald Downs. Saturday, June 10th. You can get your tickets at emeralddowns.com, or you can also get your tickets at the door. So uh, look forward to that. Um, Then there's this weekend, Family Fun Weekend at Emerald Downs. We've got pony rides and face painters both Saturday and Sunday. So bring out the kids, tell your neighbors, a uh, great place to be. The kids, the little kids can get those nice pony rides out in the park area. Face painters, it's all free. And we're going to have a kids race on Sunday. Bill, you're going to have a big field there to deal with on the kids race down the stretch at Emerald Downs on Sunday. Somehow I will manage. <laughs> yes. I'll, I will make up names as okay. I go. And then all the kids, uh, you get a little ice cream when you round yourself back into the park. And so... Uh, that'll be fun to see the kids race. Lots of other types of racing at Emerald Downs throughout the course of the season, as uh, we already know Vince and Bill got to know well last year. So uh, a family fun weekend, in effect. First race, 2 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at Emerald Downs. Okay, well, Aldo Matias is going to join us on the show. Aldo is the jock agent. He's also a really high-level soccer player. And uh, bilingual, right, Vince? Yeah, and he's he's a smart young guy, the kind of guy you want in our industry. He's bilingual, and I know he did some work down in Arizona. We can talk to him about it over the winter. And he's you know probably got a pretty good future in this game. I know he's even talked a little bit about maybe being interested in being a steward or something like that. Great. So did uh, he? But, did he? Uh, when he said down in Arizona, was he at turf? or Was he at Rito? I think it was at Rito. Oh well, then I got I got something to hmm. 
to say to Aldo because my my uh, one of my first bosses in horse racing, Mike Weiss, uh, runs Rito. So okay, that's great. And yeah. and I and he's got a unique relationship. We'll ask him about his writers, but his father, everyone knows Javier, one of the top five writers in Emerald Downs history. That's his uh, stepfather, and um, they've done some good uh, good work together over mm -hmm. the years, and uh, that's kind of unique. I've, maybe Corey Nakatani and his son Matt Nakatani a few years ago, I think, oh, might have had it, but not too many uh, children. Was of, Gary Stevens an agent for his son at all? I don't think so. Okay, because I know his son just started writing this yeah, summer. Yeah, just started writing. Spring. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. But but Aldo and Javier have gone back a few years now, and they've been yeah pretty successful. Okay, Aldo Matias will join us. Larry Pierce is also going to have uh, some things to say about a Long Acres Mile winning jockey who passed. Bobby Jennings uh, passed away a week ago at the age of 79. Won the mile twice in the 1960s and rode up here quite a bit. And uh, Larry Pierce rode with him. Larry from the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame, now living in uh, Arizona. But Larry's going to be up here for our Throwback the Clock Day on August 6th, as we remember the 70s most specifically and remember Long Acres on Sunday, August 6th, the week before the mile here at Emerald Downs. Gary and Vicki Bays will be here as well from Arizona for that day. Okay, well, favorites won 14 out of 26 races last week, guys. So uh, a lot of money going back. And, of course, the 10% takeout on the doubles and the pick threes is popular with fans as well. Vince, you got any other stats? And I know you have the weekly honors. Yeah, the favorites you mentioned, 14 for 26, 34 for 70. Mm, uh, now wow. at the meet, we got some uh, weekly honors from last week. How about Shelly Crow, trainer, yeah. three for three? including a feature race win by tax code owner is uh little barn racing that's louis louis ruiz sorry about that and uh his significant other debbie perry they got a very nice horse called uh smiling goodbye got a big 82 buyer last wow. week and looks like he's headed for stakes company the WTBO Washington Bread of the Week is Young Life Laura bred by Keith and Jan Swaggery that uh, sire there is Mr. Rancho Vista and I don't know he's had a uh, few winners now here at Emerald Downs our jockey he's third in the standing Silvio Amador off to a really good start and uh, you know guys I forgot to write down the name of the groom of the week but I'll have it here later in the show uh, he works for Shelly Crow okay and uh, obviously he's doing some good work too with those winners last week yeah, Shelly was, what, three for three last week. Three for three. Three for six for the meet. Debbie Peary's three for four. Yeah, and has uh, one of the only two-time winners at the meet, in addition to uh, Smiling Goodbye. And uh, I've got the name of that There's groom right here. Let me some work. other gals really doing well. Uh, I think Tina Birdwell's two for five, and uh, Jill Serrano's like two for seven. Uh, there's another woman. That Candy has, Kreiderman's got three wins. Yeah. Uh, the gals, as you mentioned, Joe, are doing always, exceptionally well here. Always been pretty yeah. prominent around here. Yeah, Debbie Van Horn had a big win last week with You're the Cause back on the beam after that big meet last year with four wins, including the Muckleshoot Derby. The groom of the week is Robert Iturriaga Vergara. Okay. And nice work there by Robert. He works for the uh, Red Hot Shelly Crow Barn. Excellent. And those people will all be recognized this weekend at Emerald Downs. Seven races on Saturday, nine on Sunday. And uh, so news and notes updated at Emerald they Downs. They are a little day later than usual because okay. of the racing Monday, but they're up now. Great. At uh, emeralddowns.com. And uh, Bill, um, calling all that action last week. Let's talk about who impressed us last week. All right. Well, um, let's uh, talk about a first-time starter that uh, is partially owned by uh, uh, Emerald Downs. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Table Bay, um, a uh, horse that was had some fast workouts and went off at 4-1, to one, but uh, got a lot of late money. Okay, uh, and, sure did. And Table Bay uh, was able to run down JC's a legend. There was a little bit of uh, brushing in there in mid-stretch, but... Uh, uh, a well-meant first-time starter. I got a buyer of 62, uh, Table Bay. Uh, Vince mentioned tax code uh, for Shelly Crow. And then I was really impressed with uh, You're the Cause. I was glad to see him no back, on the, 
back on the beam uh, with a nice come from behind win coming from last and getting up and uh, he earned a 72 buyer speed figure in a starter allowance race but uh, he seems to be uh, 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 looking like an improving sort as well and uh, those are probably the the two or three that I thought uh, uh, caught me the most caught my eye the most yeah table bay is by attaboy Roy out of uh, Cape Grace, and his older brother is Naval Escort, who ran a big second on the same day last Saturday. Um, ran a come, big second at tax code. Yeah, he was wide and just kept coming. And then he has a, a, let's see, another older brother by the name of Cape Union, who's a four-year-old non-starter, but is training right along for David Martinez. So uh, keep an eye on Cape Union, possibly, because his brothers are doing good, Table Bay and Naval Escort. You know, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. We talked about some hot you trainers, and, and David Martinez, his yes. barn is really firing. And everything he's putting on the track is just running great. Uh, Bill mentioned the first-time starter that won. Naval Escort came in with a big uh, second. The week before, he had a maiden special winner, Kahala, at 18-1. Yeah, to right. one. And uh, Dave's just doing great work back there. A couple that caught my eye, there's a three-year-old filly named Step Up. Mm -hmm. And uh, another kind of below-the-radar barn here, Jose Navarro, always does great work. And this thing has done nothing but run in... Uh, all three of her career starts. She began the meet with a runner-up finish to Aloha Breeze, who's headed towards Stakes Company, we know, and then came back and uh, got the allowance win uh, last uh, Sunday in 103-1, and which is good race time. She got a 70 buyer uh, for that win. Step up caught the eye. And then I mentioned earlier, smiling goodbye, uh, beat a really good horse named Bridle Up to the Bar, uh, who was shipping up from Arizona. And Palaco finished third in that race, was coming off a nice win on opening day. And Smiling Goodbye came away from that field. In, it really uh, did. In 102 and 2, as we mentioned, the big 82 buyer, uh, Little Barn Racing, Debbie Perry. This is a four-year-old Smiling Tiger gelding who really looks to be improving. And uh, I imagine we might see him in stakes races. I, I would definitely agree with that. That was super impressive. And I... I put him and uh, you're the cause as you know, two real noteworthy wins last week, as Bill mentioned, you're the cause was just uh, tremendous here last year, uh, winning our muckle shoot derby as part of a four race winning streak. And then he beat what missed the boat, older horses going a mile. That was a real impressive win late in the meet. So he's won five of his last six starts at Emerald Downs. You're the cause and just, uh, and, yeah, Javier Matias aboard. And Bill picked up you're the cause real early in that yeah, race last weekend. Nice and yeah. And, uh, you could see the horse was really picking it up around the turn. That looked like the year of the cause we saw here last oh, year. Man. There was one other uh, closer last week, Rhodesia. It was a yeah, won the park. first race. I it was know the first time gelding. Right. It was the first yeah. time gelding. And, and that horse got a layout. lot of late money too. Yep. And, and had, was nowhere at the I three mean, I, at That one, I'm sorry. I was looking at the eighth pole and that horse was still eight lengths off the lead. I don't know what well, the chart. Well, you and I both had picked him on yes. Handicapper's Corner. I mean, I was, yeah, because I picked him, I'm like, oh, I'll just keep an eye yeah. on him. And I'm like, and then at the 16th ball, I'm like, he's gonna make, he's making a run. I, I still didn't know if he's gonna, he's gonna get up. And then he did. I was, I was, that was something. That well, race uh, was the first race on what was on on yeah, Saturday. I mean, so as I a handicapper like Bill, uh, we kind of keep an eye on, you know, our picks. We don't want to, don't want to stink it up or anything, you know, whether we bet them or not. Sometimes, but uh, I picked up Rhodesia. You know, I saw him on the backstretch, way, way out of it. Then in the middle of the turn, Radke asked him a couple of times right and he was still not necessarily closing the gap i thought okay well he's not you know he's not going to be a factor but boy uh the pace backed up and he didn't he he closed and, and it was an exciting finish for a maiden race for sure yeah um that one and uh el chavo del loco ocho del ocho sorry no worries and both of us picked that one yes. too that was an impressive ride because I kind of saw him. And at one point at the three eights pole, I think he, he was, butt was behind, you know, he was last is what we say in the trade because it's a race. And uh, I thought, well, okay, first time. I think it was the second Emerald Downs. Yeah, he had a bunch of trouble his first trip. But anyway, yeah. Javier Matias uh, negotiated things pretty well there. And uh, the horse responded. That was an impressive win for that eight-year-old. And eight-year-old now with 12 career wins. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that horse looked in pretty good shape the whole way. I was kind of watching it too, and uh, the 
big favorite in that race, Ready a Boxer. Uh, didn't get out of the gate all right. that well, so things really worked out well for El Chavo Del Ocho. Ended up winning by uh, length and a quarter over New Every Morning, who fired really big at 25 to 1. And then, what was I thinking? Back to where he won yeah. a stakes as a three-year-old back in 2018, ran a pretty good race. Yeah, and, those, and there was a lot of speed in that race. That's there sure was. Yeah, why I liked El Chavo. Couple Del of Los Al shippers. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of horses, uh, quite a few horses in that race that had you know were knee the lead type of horses. So if you can find one of those horses dropping or find a race where there's not as much speed. That those type of horses yep. will will win here at Emerald Downs. Yeah, I thought so too. What's what was I thinking? I thought that was all all considered a very good run. Okay, and uh, we did have a carryover in the pick five for Monday, and it was our tenth biggest pick five handle in history. Over a hundred, hundred and five thousand. Now it's a big number. Yeah, usually so, if you get like four X of the carryover, you know, you're doing yes. a decent job. But to get the they get that number, what was that like seven was. What is it? 6X or something like that. Uh, that was a big number. Uh, it was nice to see. The top five pick five handles were all during the COVID season of 2020. When you We know, had some big feels that year because of the shorter and, meet. You know, I'm looking at some dates here. July 1st, August 5th, July 29th, October 1st, September 24th were those dates. So there was a lot going on by that time of the year, you know. Uh, but still, horse players were watching emerald downs we were racing as you remember wednesday and thursday so Twice we a were week. kind yep. of focused there so we had some really big pick five handles after carryovers back then okay uh one more thing the muckleshoot gold cup is june 16th to 18th friday saturday sunday coming up in just a couple weeks this year's muckleshoot gold cup uh the indian relay racing real exciting thrilling stuff course we'll be racing all three of those days as well at emerald downs and father's day is june 18th that'll be a busy day that's our first steak day as well mm -hmm. three-year-old colts and three-year-old fillies we got the seattle for the fillies and we got the auburn for the colts and geldings okay very good all right we're going to come back with aldo matias here on horse racing northwest it doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot Casino. Let the spinning wheel go round and the night go on. Moments you'll never forget. You're always gonna have fun. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. They're at the top of the stretch and thunder down the lane in the mile. On the inside, Cabra's trying to fight him off. Right there is Oh Marvelous Me. Alert Bay, clear sailing grandstand side, but Barkley is running a big one. And Barkley's coming on. And Barkley will win the 83rd Long Acres Mile. That was Barkley, the hero of the 2018 Long Acres Mile. Uh, what a great horse he was. I'm I believe it was 10 for 20 at Emerald Downs. He won the big one. He had that great rivalry with Mach 1 Rules, real recognizable horse. And Javier Matias rode Barkley for the mile victory. He got a mile in his pocket, did Javier. And his agent was his stepson and still is, Aldo Matias, who joins us here on Horse Racing Northwest. Aldo, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, although, you know, we you can always get a lot of information from agents, Vince. And, and Aldo Good certainly sources, yeah. fills right in there, doesn't he? Well, and all those, uh, sometimes you can always, now always, usually accurate, but sometimes not always accurate information, but Aldo is on it. He's great. Aldo, uh, how is it working with your father? Um, it's It's interesting to say the least, you know. He's definitely well, a great rider, top rider, like top five all time here. You know, he's yeah. got a strong character, but I, you know, I think that's just who he is. So it's been interesting, fun, frustrating. You know, it's been a little bit of everything. So early on, when you were an agent, and he was he was one of your first riders, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he was the reason I went to. You know, he went through a little phase where, um, you know, he needed to uh, change things up and. Um, he was trying to get into new barns that he had him before, and I was, you know, I always wanted to work uh, somewhere 
and I was like, well, why don't you let me, you know, work with you? Because like I said, I I watch all his races. I watched all the races. I I knew all the horses. So I was like, why not? Yeah. And you know, he gave me the shot, and I think I I've done an okay job for him so far. That's great. Yeah, when you first started out, you were pretty young, and uh, he probably taught you a few things, told you a few things. Now, do you do you tell him stuff now, and does he listen to you? You know, yeah, when I started, I was 20, and I tried not to too much. You know, I'll kind of give it a hint. I'll be like, hey, so I've seen the replay on this horse. I'm like, he definitely needs the lead, you know, kind of kind of stuff like that, subtle things. You know, I'm not, I, I never tell him, yo, put this horse on the lead. I just, you know, subtly tell him, hey, I watched the replays on his horse, and he definitely needs the lead, you know. That's kind of just how I slip it in there. Well, your father has had some huge moments here at Emerald Downs, and we were just talking about a couple of his rides this past week, El Chavo del Ocho, and, uh, of course, you're the cause. Um, he can get those horses to relax and finish. Uh, that had to be fun, watching the stretch runs of those two. Yeah, no, it definitely is. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I guess a lot of people also know about my daddy. Uh, he definitely gets them to relax really well and make that big, strong uh, move, you know, even on a surface that favors speed a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just a little bit more about Barkley. Um, how did your dad get that mount? I know I know Howard Belvoir's used him a little bit over the years. He just uh, uh, suggested or he went to you or went to Javier and said, hey, I need you to work this horse. How'd that work? Well, well, that was a funny year. I think, you know, that was one of the years. I think uh, – well, my dad helps a lot in the morning. People, you know, he'll gallop to help him out a little bit. And he was helping that year, Howard, because I think Jennifer, uh, his main exercise rider, got hurt. Mm. So it was him and somebody else helping Howard out in the morning. He said, you know, he, uh, he's really fond of Howard, and he's helped him throughout the year, so he helped him out that year. And he had a couple colts that year. I remember two specifically. The other one was named uh, All For Me, and we thought he was going to be, you know, the next big star. Uh, Barkley, we even when I would ask my dad, I'm like, "Hey, how's that chestnut?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, he, he's okay. He just kind of goes through the motion." Uh, but he, there, we were always high on the other one, and uh, you know, Barkley made his debut and he got the mount because, like I said, we were doing most of the work on those babies. And like I said, his, I mean, after his first race, we were just like, "What, just, what did we just witness?" You know, yeah. four and a half coming off the pace on a short field is pretty impressive. Yeah. And it just kept going. It got really good with Barkley, including a Long Acres Mile win. And Javier Matias aboard. We're talking with Aldo Matias, of course. And uh, and Vince, uh, Aldo, it's not just uh, Javier Matias for his job. Yeah, Aldo, you got a couple other good riders. Kevin Orozco, everyone knows Kevin. He was our leading stakes rider here a couple of years ago. And then you got a newcomer. Rigo Sarmiento. I thought Rigo was going to get his first win here last week. He was on a horse called Sailback that was mm-hmm. ran really good at a big price, but uh, looks like he just needs a shot. Yeah, no, you know, definitely they're both great riders. Like I say, Kevin Horas, people know him from, you know, he's been here for many years. Uh, I'm, I'm handling his book. He's been a little unlucky this year. He's a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds. He's got some nice wins. Uh, got some good horses coming up so he, he'll he, once he gets hot he'll be he'll be rolling regal like i said yeah really good rider i pick uh uh i brought him from turf paradise strong rider and smart places the horses at a rough, uh, good spot um but like i said it's uh out here you know this year out of all the years we've had in the past we've had a lot of we have a lot of new riders so competition is pretty stiff this year which is good for the colony it's healthy but it's tough out there but you know it's hmm. like another job you we just have to grind it out, and hopefully we get our first win this weekend with him. Very good. Um, so, uh, Bill, um, you've got a little something to go on. Yeah, Aldo, you're uh, part of the U of A uh, racing program, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I attend uh, – I, I, my first year was last year. I attend the racetrack industry program. Great. Uh, we'll talk about your aspirations uh, in this industry after you graduate. Also, uh, I believe a lot of times the U of A uh, students uh, are, are part of uh, Rito, uh, the yeah. small track in Arizona. That was uh, my first racetrack that I ever called a race on, uh, you know, using my voice, if you will, way back when. And I'll give you a connection right now um, at Rito. Uh, Mike Weiss was one of my first bosses. 
he was the boss. Uh, he was GM at, at, at Beulah Park in outside of uh, Columbus, Ohio for many years. And he ran America Tab, uh, which was the precursor to to uh, Twin Spires and all that. So uh, next time you, you see Mike Weiss, even though it might be a few months from now, uh, tell him that uh, I said hello. But talk about your aspirations after after you graduate. Do you, do you want to continue being a jock agent? Do you want to uh, get into track management? What, 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 are, what, what uh, facets are you looking at? So, um, yeah, definitely. I think more like at the manager, like, you know, last year, last couple of years when I was an agent, I just kind of thought, I'm like, you know, I think I love this industry. I want to do something more with it, I, you know, something more for it. And I contacted the racetrack uh, industry pre- uh, program people down in Tucson. And I was able, they were able to offer me a scholarship after, you know, talking with them. And, yeah, I've been going through that program. Like I said, I, I, I helped in Relito last year. I was uh, uh, at, a, at a coach, you know, gave it. Uh, my top selections in English and Spanish. I drew the entries as an entry clerk during the week. Uh, it was a pretty good experience. Like I said, Mike Wise, great guy. He gave us the opportunity a bunch of the students and I to work at Relito. Basically, we handled most of the day-to-day situations involving the horses and whatnot. So it was definitely definitely a great experience. But in terms of, like I said, a long-term goal, is, my goal is to hopefully one day, you know, yeah, help either manage a racetrack or do something that involves, you know, be a liaison between the the front side and the back side just to help out everybody. Like, say, I just, I love this industry. I don't see myself working in any other industry. But maybe I think, you know, I kind of, I'm looking more of a long-term um, career as for it. So, like, I don't think jockey agent will be my, my thing forever. Like, it'll always be there if I want to come back. But I kind of want to do something more, you know, that involves – um, having to say uh, with the you know the racetrack itself. That's great. Hey, you know, being bilingual doesn't hurt your chances of uh, you know finding new areas to work, right? Yeah, definitely. No, being bilingual, I think down at Relito is you know they would always be like, hey, if anybody speaks in Spanish, just get all the Valdo, they'll help you out. You know, yeah. Like I said, down in it was Arizona, so you know most of the three quarters of the population Spanish speaking. So, you know, they really like that. So, you know, my, like I said, Mike Wise, he was always like, try to do as much as you can stuff in Spanish. I did uh, TV interviews in Spanish, radio interviews in Spanish. Uh, it was just, you know, like I said, it was beneficial being bilingual. Dang, you're working right into my job, man. I, I, my hair, my hair <laughs> no, is getting, no. going up on Joe the back of my neck. You'll always be the, the voice of Emerald Downs <laughs> forever, you know? So, uh, Aldo, you uh, have a Twitter page as well, at uh, Jockey Agent Aldo. Um, I like it a lot because whenever you uh, one of your jocks wins a race, you post the replay on your Twitter page, which I always uh, like to uh, to see. Uh, make sure I didn't screw up the call or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I just want to let everyone know at uh, Jockey Agent Aldo on yep, on I, on Twitter. That that's me. You do a great job with announcing. I also do you know a little bit of TikTok just to throw some banter mm-hmm. or whatever I, you know whatever I have to go to every day. And those are just for fun. But yeah, you know, I try to promote my jockeys there a little bit so people can see that they, they're doing really well and whatnot. Hey, uh, Aldo, uh, we got a little spy report. There's, there's word out there that you're a pretty good soccer player. I, I, maybe I used to be, you know, but nowadays I just do it more for fun with friends or whatnot. And I, I play with a couple people from the backside, some grooms, exercise riders, you know, I've always played soccer, so do a little bit of that. I play uh, golf with Pete Duretis. He said you're a very good soccer player, Aldo. You <laughs> know Pete, they, right? Yeah, Pete, yeah, he's, he's a good friend of ours. It's funny because uh, uh, I met him uh, playing soccer at a, at a rec center in Tacoma, and he needed a goalie. It was all of us. We are all 20s, early 20s, and he was about to carry. He kept telling me, oh, I'm going to be 60. I'm like, hey, we need a goalie. <laughs> And I was like, we found one of the best goalies, you know, we ever had. But, you know, about three, four years down the line, he ended up getting uh, torn in his uh, rotator cuff and never ended up playing with us again. But he was a great goalie. He was 60 years old and one of the best goalies we ever played with. Really? That's I okay. used to play goalie way back when. I was always, li- I was always a little bit better. Yeah, I was always a little bit better at indoor soccer because I, I had reflexes uh, back then. Uh, I don't have the, the jumping ability that you see from, you know, professionals and all that, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, 
you put put me in indoor soccer. I'm I'm always always pretty good up till you know mid thirties or so. But I haven't played it's, played in a while. It's fun. It's, yeah, indoor soccer is fun, especially up, up here in Washington. When it gets cold, you know, it rains a lot. In the fall, winter, it's pretty fun to play indoor. Yep. Is the goal smaller? Yeah. In, Okay. Yeah, a little bit smaller. But you got boards behind you, so you know oh, yeah. it's, like <laughs> a, it's like a hockey size layout. You know, yeah, one eighty five by or eighty five by two hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 something else. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I watched the Tacoma team way back when. In Tacoma North. Stars. Yeah they, yeah. they still have them right now, and they play at the Showers Center. They're pretty good. Let me ask you a question: uh, Is the Netherlands ever going to win the dang World Cup? I pick them every year, and they always play great. Uh, I think Brazil beat them on. Penalty kicks, or was it Argentina? Whoever won the World Cup this past year. Yeah, Argentina, Argentina. beat. Well, you know, hopefully one day is helping. It's every four years. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the cup to win. Yeah. Don't, don't we got the women's coming up here in this summer? Women's I think World so, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, they're and pretty good. They 20... win it basically every time. So, you know, hopefully they win it again this time. And then 2026, uh, some World Cup soccer games will be yeah. here in Seattle and also at yeah. uh, up in Vancouver. So when I'm asking for yeah. a few days off, you'll know where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> you'll know where I'll be at as well. Uh-huh. So uh, entries on Sunday for Friday? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we got our first, first Friday, Fat Friday coming up. We draw this Sunday. Uh, probably, you know, our seven races like we do each Friday. And it's going to be a great, uh, great summer, I think, you know? Yeah, we are looking forward to racing three days a week for sure. And we've uh, got some two-year-old races in the book now. It won't be long before we get those stars out. They're budding stars. And uh, I see you're pretty busy there uh, this weekend. Kevin's got several mounts. And your dad's a little light on Saturday, but Rigo's got another mount. So... Uh, keep after it, and uh, hey, you're multifaceted and multi-talented. So uh, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, keep up the good work, Aldo. Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully, you know, like I said, we were pretty pretty light this week, and you know, it's like anything, you know, we go through kind of like waves. You know, we'll have good weeks, slow weeks. Like I said last week, we rode twelve, one, three. Yeah. Uh, light week this week, but you know, we'll get back on the next week. Like you mentioned. Baby races are coming up. We have a couple of two-year-olds we're looking forward. Uh, but, you know, everyone has the best two-year-old right now until we see them run. Mm, yeah. And stakes races as well, just a couple of weeks away. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we have our big horse this year will be bridled up to the bar. Uh, we know we know he's got some talent. Hopefully they can, we can get him uh, across the winter circle, for, uh, across the finish line first. Very good. Yeah, he ran a big second here last weekend. That's Aldo Matias joining us. Aldo, thanks again. Thanks, Aldo. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. You See betcha. You See ya. Aldo Matias joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, yeah, he's uh, working hard, advancing. And yeah, I didn't know about the University of Arizona thing. I yeah, and he's, he's always a positive guy, as you hear. You know, he sees the good in things out there. And uh, his dad is, is uh, you know him well, Joe, and he's a great writer, but he's a little more of the introspective type, you know, and I think Aldo's a great balancer for him. Perfect agent for, for that guy. Javier has a pretty good sense of humor. He does occasionally, yeah. yeah. And he's a, he's, a, he's a darn good writer, too, as we saw last weekend with you're the cause and and uh uh who's the other one we mentioned el chavo del ocho yeah. and bridle up to the bar yeah uh we forgot that javier rode that horse last weekend too and that was his first race over the track so he'll yeah, probably be he, okay he ran a career best the, the race before so therefore it, you yeah. know, it's going to be tough to repeat that great of an effort and he still ran uh, strong enough to to warrant uh, stakes uh, competition. Yeah, he, I thought he ran fine. Yeah, he'll 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 be okay. Okay, all right. Uh, another topic uh, among us three. Um, starting with Bill, uh, what simulcast track uh, or tracks do you follow this time of year? Well, I know you guys. This is an audio only uh, podcast, but uh, if you could see us in the studio, I always have control of the remote, so I got. Uh, Santa Anita, my old uh, stomping grounds where I I broke into, I guess, the professional ranks uh, practicing on the rooftop for many years before venturing out to uh, Colorado for my first uh, professional gig. But uh, Santa Anita and then you know, once Saratoga, you know, you always want to take a look at the, where the best racing's at. And, you know, Saratoga usually has some good betting opportunities as well. So those are probably the two. And obviously when Santa Anita turns into Del Mar. 
um, I'm pretty focused on uh, on that as well. Okay, yeah, West Coast stuff a lot, Vince. I, you know, in the off season, uh, one track I've really followed closer the last few years and enjoyed a lot was Oakland Park. Um, you know, they begin well, they start earlier now in December, and it works great. And I, and I, for some reason, I, I'm kind of in tune with the racing there. You know, I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because they don't have a turf course or something, or. But I like they got big fields and and it's real competitive, interesting racing, a tremendous stake schedule. So I enjoy following that one. I follow Turf Paradise a bit, of course, because of the commonality yeah. with Emerald Downs. You know, a lot of our horsemen are down there for the winter. And then I, I follow Golden Gate Fields quite a bit for the same reason, too. Um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, our horsemen who uh, don't take the winter off end up at Golden Gate also. And a uh, little tricky there with the Tapita. That's a little more difficult for me to handicap. And for a lot of the year there, they're not on the turf course. So, um, uh, but I keep pretty close tabs on that one too. So mainly those three, I would yeah. say. You know, Vince was director of media relations at Santa Anita there for several years. And uh, I was visiting him one time and uh, went up there. And of course he knew everything that was going on at Santa Anita. That's Vince, right? I mean, covers the job. But man, he sure knew what was going on at Golden Gate too. He was, I'm live in the double here. And then I'd go back an hour and a half later. I'm live in the double again at Golden yeah, Gate. Yeah, no, that's well, because down there it's emphasized. They, yeah, you know, and they had pretty archaic simulcasting rules where they're only allowed to import Ooh, a yeah. certain amount of races and they'd kind of force the northern cal track on you because they'd dovetail it they'd go santa anita golden gate santa anita golden yeah. gate you know they'd stagger by 15 minutes and i kind of got in a little groove there um following it pretty closely and there were a lot of uh seattle people back sure. then to follow too i remember howard bellboard bill Tillette, jim penny all those guys were there at the time too and it always seemed like he could get a better than average price on on some horsemen i was familiar with but yeah no that's true i was following that close yeah you were uh i was following turfway park quite a bit in the winter because every race was 10 11 12 horses and they had a lot of maiden races which i like and so i followed that and then on the weekends oak lawn for sure um I, in fact i watched a lot of the east coast tracks um uh, mostly looking for big fields and this time of year um well churchill's you know got a fine meet let's see who else is run belmont belmont of course is way better than aqueduct was well aqueduct was a little bit light but uh emerald downs takes up a lot of time so uh i haven't really looked too much elsewhere i know um bob rondo and tom lambro their horse call me fast is in the blame tomorrow at churchill downs mm -hmm. and uh I heard a handicapper on a podcast pick him to win. Well, yeah, I like him. Yeah, six to one, I think. Yes, he had a very bad trip in his last race where he lost to Rattle and Roll. And Rattle and Roll won at Pimlico, but that was a really tough race. So he's been off since the Keeneland race. And if you watch the race back, he got bottled up and he ran every bit as good as Rattle and Roll. And Rattle and Roll will probably be the favorite. And and this guy will be hopefully five, six to one. And I think it's worth a worth a shot uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we're rooting. Um, they're they're pretty high on him. I talked with Mike Puich earlier this week, and he says he's doing really good. Okay, thanks to Aldo for joining us. We're going to take a short break and come back and hear from Larry Pierce. And our final segment also includes sports shorts, selections, and trivia. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. Buckle shoe? Yes! It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot Casino. Let the spinning wheel go round and the night go on. Moments you'll never forget. You're always going to have fun. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. in front in mid-track then jim jim's policy and here comes woolboy and times rush red eye express and woolboy and jim and times rush on the wheel woolboy and jim and times rush woolboy and look out it's times rush that was the 1975 long acres mile jim won it in fact jim had uh, the distinction 
of being the only Long Acres Mile winner that did not have a win in the calendar year leading up to the mile. That has since been tied. But uh, Jim beat Times Rush in a photo. Larry Pierce was on Times Rush. Whoa Boy was in the photo as well. And you know who was fourth in there? was Red Eye Express. Oh, who, sure. Yeah. You know, he made the early move. Gary Bays was on him, opened up in the mud, and uh, just couldn't make it to the wire. Those other three, it was a tough loss for Larry, who was looking for his second Long Acres Mile victory. He got his first with Silver Mallet in 1973, and of course, the famous race with Turbulator in 1970, by far the best horse in the Pacific you Northwest. You know, if we got John White on the podcast, <laughs> and if you asked him about that, do you think he might have a comment? How about 38 and a half minutes? <laughs> That's what it would be on the 1970 Long Acres Mile. But uh, yeah, that was a, a, a tough beat. For and the labor, turbulator. and I say that with all admiration. Oh, sure. John is sincere in his he, he, admiration for Turbulator. Yeah. So Larry Pierce uh, is joining us, and he's going to talk about Bobby Jennings, who passed away at age 79. Bobby Jennings won two consecutive Long Acres Mile in the 60s. And, uh, yeah, he passed away. Larry rode with him. He was, uh, well, let's hear from Larry Pierce. Well, I rode with Bobby in the uh, mid and late 60s in uh, Northern California and the 70s. Uh, and then in Seattle, it was, I believe, in the 70s as well. You know, Bobby was a, he was a good guy. I never saw him argue with anybody or anything. He was just a pretty easy going guy, but he was truly six foot tall. And uh, most of us called him skinny. I think he liked the name. <laughs> but uh, Bobby was a really good rider in that he always knew where he was at in the race. Great sense of pace. Knew what other people uh, rode like and how what to expect from him. He was just an all around good rider. One of the unfortunate things, he just got too big for it, you know. But uh, he, I think one of the reasons he came to Seattle was the weights were a little higher up there. Horses that would uh, get in with 13, 113 at uh, Northern California would get in with 118 in Seattle. So that allowed him to do 120, and, and uh, people used him quite a bit. He was a very smart rider, good sense of pace. Uh, uh, I never really uh, socialized with him too much. Uh, we were friends as riders together. And, uh, I just thought he was all around pretty nice fella. And for a big, tall fella, he looked pretty good on a horse. You know, I liked it because uh, when we had to walk out of Bay Battles, you had to walk in front of the grandstand quite a ways to get to the paddock. I would always wait and walk with uh, Bobby, so it made me look short. <laughs> I was five foot nine. Thanks to Larry Pierce for that uh, remembrance of Bobby Jennings. Two Long Acres Mile victories in the 60s on horses shipping in from California. He won aboard Siempre in 1965 for C.F. Murphy. And in 66, he won aboard Aurelius II for owner Wilbur Stadelman, trainer Mel Studi. Bobby Jennings, uh, real tall guy for a jockey must have been a heck of an athlete yeah age 79 he was at a care facility in sacramento uh california and uh mel studi used to you know hang hang out at the clockers corner there at santa anita and with brother warren and henry moreno and they'd talk about the old days and bobby jennings i remember his name coming up once and and mel you know with that kind of race that jennings boy he could ride that you know i know it didn't look great and all that but that man that fella could really ride a racehorse and yeah they teamed up with aurelius the second there in uh 66 uh for a nice long acres mile win and uh he you know he he was so tall six feet six foot and you think about that, that is, uh, you know, those long legs. You know, even Alex Cruz, who's a pretty tall fellow for being a jockey, if you see him in the post parade and he's got his feet out of the irons, you can see those legs are pretty long. Now, just imagine uh, Jennings at six foot. And, but a lot of very good horsemen used him. He was, he was a, a heck of a, a, of a jockey. Yeah, did really well when he rode up here. 
at Long Acres and really well in the Bay Area, and he rode some stakes in Southern Cal as well. What was his nickname? Skinny. Naturally, <laughs> yeah. He had to be pretty thin at six foot and being a rider yeah, to and make that, 118. And that story Larry about walking to the paddock yeah. with him is is kind of telling because yeah. Larry was uh, pretty nine big. at least, yeah. Okay, thanks very much to Larry for joining us. We'll see him later this summer on Throwback the Clock Day, August 6th. Um, sports shorts, I don't have an answer. I just have this uh, random toss-out question. Uh, the PGA Tour... I'm a golfer, Bill, and I follow golf. I've been in golf pools. For, Joe, Joe is a heck of a for, golfer. For, I he's would. too modest to say it. I would, but Washington State doesn't allow uh, daily fantasy sports here, so I have to like go into retirement during the uh, summer months. Otherwise, I'd be watching golf a heck of a lot more. <laughs> so but I'm in some pools with my buddies every year, um, so I follow it there. But what the heck? Where did this money come for these – enhanced purses on the PGA Tour. All of a sudden, late last year and all of this year, there's designated enhanced purse events because what? They lost a lot of players to live who were playing for all this money and get checks just for joining the live tour. So all of a sudden, the PGA Tour has all this money to throw at purse. Where was this money before? Where did it come from? Why wasn't it in purses before? Uh, who was putting that money in their pocket. I'll do a little research Good on questions. that. But yeah, I mean, there's all these enhanced purses. Uh, in fact, I just heard that the Memorial this weekend's tournament, which is, you know, a very popular event field-wise, uh, has a bigger purse than the British Open, which is- They get not, a lot of people. That's like, uh, it's yeah. in Columbus, uh, right outside of Columbus in Dublin, I believe. Jack Nicholas's course. Yeah, yeah. I used to live about five minutes huh. from the course. I'm oh, not. Really? A, I'm not a. I've never. I've never played golf. I'm just. I like watching golf, but I know I don't have the patience for to play golf, so I just don't do it. Um, but uh, yes, the memorial is very big, and they get tens of thousands of people over the course of, of four days. So I can see how they could pay because they get uh, some big attendance. But some, you know, like the Phoenix Open, that thing is like a. It's like a rock star Party. concert. Yeah. So they, they make so much in beer sales there that they, they could afford anything uh, purse-wise, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. But some of the smaller tournaments, yeah, you, I, I sometimes wonder because it's not like they get a big TV rating. Well, that's another thing. They get Exactly, TV ratings. So, so are TV ratings bigger for PGA tournaments in 2023 than they were in... No, because so many of the stars have left. They can't be any bigger. They, they should be smaller because of... All the names, the big names that have left the tour and play on live. So that's another thing. Well, where's this money? Bill, you got a sports short today? Well, you know, I always talk to the Seattle Mariners since... Uh, Boy, did me and Bill see a bad game. We saw a bad game. Uh, Logan Gilbert uh, didn't do that well. And, and the Yankees uh, took the first two games. And then at that game, we watched uh, a Greenhorn umpire lose it. And, and the, me and Bill saw it coming. I said, it. what are the chances oh, really? service is going to get tossed here? Yeah, I'm like, it's <laughs> he then the next inning, out there was There was some chirping from the bench, yeah. Well, what happened was Tom Murphy, the backup catcher, was up to bat, and he checked his swing. He didn't even go close to going yeah. around. So the catcher for the Yankees uh, says, check with the first base umpire, and that's C.B. Bruckner, and his arm goes up right away. And Murphy just said, you know, it wasn't even swayed. like, you, you got to be kidding me or something, and they, and they tossed him. Ooh. So now Scott's service goes absolutely crazy. I mean, you can't, he's getting tossed for that, you know. So anyhow, it was uh, only find out it was only his second major league game behind the plate, that umpire. Yeah, and then uh, George Kirby pitched a remarkable game to salvage uh, the three-game series against the Yankees. They're 29-27. The uh, home uh, stand, they swept Oakland. That's not great. They took two of three from uh, – uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then uh, lost uh, two or three to the Yankees. They're on the road this weekend against uh, the Texas Rangers in a heck of a matchup. And they're favored tonight, yeah. which is really remarkable, yeah. against a, on the road against a team 15 games over 500. Yeah, then they got two against San oh. Diego, and then they uh, play. They get to face Otani, uh, the Angels, at, at the end of their road trip. So they got eight games, you know, Got to you got to keep pace. Somehow you got to win at least four, and if you at win, least if you win five, that's great. But uh, uh, it's not an easy cakewalk in this uh, road trip for uh, the Mariners. 
Okay, very good. Hey, uh, one more thing on the Yankees. I looked at one of those box scores when they played the Mariners. One mm-hmm. of the uh, probably the game you guys were at. Big win, right? Ten to two. Well, I I didn't recognize any Yankees except no, for it, Judge. And then what about that guy they got from Florida a few years ago and free agent, the big power hitter? He's out again. Yeah, I didn't see his name in there. Stanton. Stanton. Stanton right. Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. But uh, the only name I recognized no. was Judge. But that's me. No, you're that, quite right. Me and Bill were talking about it. We were saying during the where is this team without Judge. Judge is an absolute superstar. I mean, it's that's the thing about base baseball's got some really incredible players that you can market around. Judge, Otani, Trout, you name it. I mean, it just goes on. Julio and on. even now. Julio. Yeah. And that's the other thing about Julio is uh, he's starting to heat up. His uh, batting average that was was down the low two hundreds and now after about a week and a half, he's up at two forty five or something like that. And uh, hopefully it will continue because he the Mariners need every bat that they could find. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pitching's been fine, but the they got a few holes in the lineup. Okay. I you know I was watching. Uh, we we're talking about simulcasting at on Santa Anita last weekend, and there's a race down the hill called the Daytona, and the horse named Fast Buck won it. Well, that's sired by our old Gottstein winner, Gallant Son. Oh. And this horse, Fast Buck, is now five for nine with two hundred and seventy-five thousand in earnings, and uh, he set fractions of twenty-one, forty-two, and three, one hundred five and two, finished out in one eleven and three, and uh, held off the favorite. What makes Sammy run for a very hard-earned victory? And uh, so, Gallant Son has uh, thrown some decent runners, a little bit under the radar, sire. I see a stud fee. According to this, is thirteen hundred dollars. But he's got a good one named Fast Buck, trained by Caesar D. Alba, who's a former quarter horse trainer. I don't know how many thoroughbreds he's had, um, but we all remember Gallant Son here and uh, finished pretty good in the in the Breeders' Cup that year too. Finished fifth in 2008 juvenile. It was right, Joe. Yeah, I he believe was, he was the best two-year-old in a year that had Noosa Beach, Winning Machine, Rooster City. Peaceful rain. Yeah, that's he beat right. Beat them all. Yeah, that's right. He was a really good horse, good-looking horse too. Um, uh, came back, ran in the mile for whatever reason. Didn't run good that day. Frank almost won with Winning Machine that year, but he also had uh, uh, Gallant Son in. And my other little note here: our former assistant uh, Jacob Polowitz became a daddy. Oh. Camden Rory Polowitz, awesome. eight pounds four ounces, uh, born Wednesday morning. So congratulations to Jacob and his wife Bree. You bet. Congratulations, Polowitz. Okay, uh, there's some sports shorts. Let's go to selections. Uh, you were just talking about Gallant Sun. Uh, I like in the vault on Sunday in the sixth race. Phillies and mares going five and a half furlong. She is a five-year-old mare by Gallant Sun. And uh, she won here in 21 and 22. Um, she's got ability to stock and yeah. finish. And there's a lots of speed in that A couple that of really good Philly Mare races on yeah. Sunday. Feather in the Wind's in there. Fire Escape is fast. Frisco Frills is it's in Really there. fast. Even that uh, Your Royal Coil usually gets into the race. But uh, plenty of speed for In the Vault. Isaiah Enriquez aboard for Frank Lucarelli, who, of course, trained Gallant Son in his Do career. Do you guys, have you looked at the Zip and Sevens comeback race yeah. on Sunday? Uh, who do you guys favor there? The Slack Tide comes back up. She's always run good on this track. I, I had just handicapped that race, and I didn't write any numbers. I didn't make up my mind in that one yet. Uh, I thought... I would probably play against Slack Tide just because, you know, she just doesn't look quite as dynamic at the start of her four-year-old year as she was at but two But when you three. look at that Emerald Downs record, it's yeah. pretty impressive. And dirt record and all, you bet. Uh, did you pick a horse in that race, Bill? Yeah, you know, Zipping Sevens, her best races last year going around a ground, and you got to lay off the deal with Grand She Draws outside, which I think will help. But, um, you know, Slack Tide should should get every chance as long Up as she front, breaks because yeah. she's could be drawn right to the outside of miss parkside and you know she was so good in the in the seattle stakes and the kent stakes and then she got beat going around a ground last year in, in the oaks so you know i i know the last couple races not great but you know those those stakes races at golden gate on turf at five furlongs are not are not easy yeah. uh, heats at all. So I I I gotta go. I gotta go slack tie okay. in that race. And you know, Ms. Parkside has a nice record over the track. That buyer came back for whatever reason really low in her win here, but uh she's in form. 
And uh, that's a pretty deep race, I yeah, thought. Yeah. Really fun race. You go, girls, beating Zip and Seven. You a go, girl times. Has, has been a real fine competitor for Steve Bullock here the last few years, too. Yeah, she fits right in there. And let's declare peace shipped up for one race here last year. It was a stake, and she finished third right behind Don't Kiss and Tell and You Go Girl. Absolutely. And that horse, let's declare peace, is one at Emerald Downs, Lone Star, Remington Park, and Turf Paradise. She's uh, Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. That's a fun race. It is. It's a good race. Uh, so, Bill, did you have another selection? Oh, I got, uh, okay. well, Slack Tides I'm picking, but okay. that's not one of the two I got. Saturday, the uh, last race, seventh race, just a little $2,500 claiming race, but Candy Loot uh, caught my eye. Off the long layoff last time out for Rosie Simpkins, and Rosie does much better when her horses have a race or two under her belt. And Candy Loot uh, had the rail last time out, uh, got uh, bumped to the start, was taken back by uh, Kevin Orozco, got caught in between horses. It just was not a clean trip whatsoever. Now, second race off the long layoff, and even though Simpkins not not doesn't do that great with the long layoff horses, her horses have been doing all right uh, with some seconds and thirds, and this one finished fourth. But I think uh, in a race that, uh, you know, Evans has got the favorite Arthur Spooner making a slight drop down in claiming price, but is along the inside. I think Candy Lutes a little bit quicker. I think that uh, he can get a decent trip. So Candy Lutes at three to one in the seventh race on Saturday. And then on Sunday in the fourth race, the maiden claiming race, uh, the two are Sparks Flying, who is now in the barn of George Rosales, got claimed for $8,000 last time out from Les Gracing and Vince Gibson. This horse uh, didn't get off to the best start uh, either. Made a pretty strong middle move up the backstretch, about a furlong, furlong and a half, and then got in tight, and the, and the horse was very green and took up out of there and then, then lost all chance. Um, Rosales thinks enough to try this Try this uh, gelding and uh, uh, made in claiming for 15. It's not the uh, it's not the easiest race in the world. You got Reina Speed, my man Stan, who are dropping down in claiming price. But uh, Sparks Flying gets the services of, of Alex Cruz. Hopefully uh, a much cleaner trip. Might not have to even see any dirt. And if that's the case, I can see some massive improvement. Always like uh, second time starters. Uh, after any sort of trouble. So to me and Joe. You. Yes. <laughs> so Sparks flying uh, in the fourth race at five to I'm one. I'm sold, Joe. Are you? Well, I, I got two right on top there, there on the go. fourth on Sunday. Yeah. What's the morning line there? Do you five. Think? Five? Okay. Well, I, mean, I didn't know what to do with that horse. Yeah. That was... Well, I got beaten seven by 11. Exactly. But you got to respect the connections. You got to respect that. uh, You know, it's a son of Harbor, the gold, which is a popular sire around here. Yeah, there's a lot to like there. You guys are right. And that dam had ability to burn. uh, That's right. Yeah, she was fast. Junior Coffee had her. She Mm -hmm. won a high-level maiden race. I, and I put Pista Girl, kind of similar form on Saturday. She's in the third race on Saturday for David Martinez, whose horses are red hot. Well, yes, uh, she broke like too slow, according to John Lindley's trip notes. And then a lot of times you raced wide when you break slow, which she did. Um, so she's coming right back at 8,000 for David Martinez, six to one Pista Girl, third race on Saturday. So lots of picks. I got to pick more than one horse because I haven't done well picking one horse. So I got a better chance to win if I pick two. But right? you guys you know have the been arithmetic there. Bill, I know, said he had probably had double digit yeah. winners last week. And I know you yeah, we just did. watching back. We did all right. Yeah. You know, I kind of have the TV oh, well, on Bill in the background. Hit. And I know you and John were picking a lot of winners last week, too. Yep. Bill hit four of the first six I know on Monday and I think you had one more after that well El Chobo del Ocho I know that's right there's a fifth he liked that horse a whole lot okay very good there's some selections uh and sports shorts uh so we'll end it with some trivia last week's question was around the Long Acres Mile Bobby Jennings is a two-time Long Acres Mile winning jockey the question is who has the best winning percentage among Long Acres Mile jockeys who have at least two victories in the race. So I know when we quit the show last week, you threw out David Flores, who's two for four. He's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Both wins at Emerald Downs. Is it in good and awesome gem. Yeah. The best percentage with two wins or more is Lafitte Pinkai Jr., two wins in three mounts. Never a bad guess on anything jockeys, Lafitte <laughs> yeah. Pinkai. <laughs> yeah, he, he lost the 81-mile, the Trooper 7 spectacular win, and Sandy Holly just kept raced, him, kept rode. him in. Oh my gosh! Yep. Sandy Holly on summertime guy. No, 
Reb's Golden Ale. Reb's Golden Ale, and yeah. Lafitte was, was on, on Summertime Guy. And, yeah. and Holly dead straight, and Lafitte wanted out because he yeah. had a lot of horse, but he couldn't and get those out. Those two knew each other well from Sandy California. Holly, no, no I'm, I'm right here. I'm good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Pinkai, the answer there. I don't think we got any correct submissions. So, the new question is, we mentioned Zip and Sevens, who had a huge year last season for Alan Bozell, won our Emerald Distaff. She was the third leading Washington bred Philly or Mare Earner in 2022. She was number three. Who was number one? Who was the top Philly or Mare Earner among all Washington breds in 2022? She's in training in 2023. Send your submissions to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks to Aldo, Larry Pierce, Sila Barr, our producer, editor, and uh, guys. Uh, on to racing this weekend. And we get the Belmont next week. That's right. Okay. That's it for Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>